0: Cool, right. Well, we are live streaming. So, um, yeah. Kia ora, everyone, or shumai, if we go on the Welsh side of my uh, my family. Kia ora for from New Zealand. Um, I don't know. Russ is in America. We'll just go with a good old hi, I suppose, or hello. Um,
1: I, you know, my part of the woods, we'd say howdy.
0: Howdy. There we go. That's what we like. <laughs> um, yeah, so with, with me today, I have got um, Russ Stoddart, who um, I think, Russ, it would be fair to say you are up there as a B Corp legend, Hall of Famer, um, and if you're not, there should be a B Corp Hall of Fame, and you should definitely be in it. Um, I feel like I've been, you know, talking B Corp smack for a couple of years and trying to convince people, but I kind of feel like you've been doing it for a little bit longer than me. So, um, yeah, Russ, quick intro, like, who, who are you? What, what are we? What are we doing talking to you today?
1: Who am I? Well, I live in uh, Boise, Idaho, over here in the uh, States. right now. I'm up in the small city of Salmon, Idaho, population. 3,000 uh, and it snowed six inches last night. So it's uh, starting to feel nice. like a weather here. I uh, am the founder of Oliver Russell, which is a social impact uh, branding firm. Uh, we first certified as a B Corp in uh, December of 2011, so almost 11 years ago. I think we, it, it's funny to see the growth. I think we were B Corp number 299. Oh, so, nice. That's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Although I've got a buddy in, in Boise and they were in the uh, first uh, 50 or 60. So you know, he always like throws that card at me. Anyhow, we we hopped on uh, Ernie Board and uh, we also became our state's uh, first public benefit corporation in uh, 2011. And in, uh, nice. in addition to those, I've joined with two other uh, B Corps and uh, co-founders, Alina Pangefsky of Ram's and Lisa Hare of uh, Unity Web Agency to create a Unit of Impact, which is a new startup we're launching to help small businesses measure and report their impact.
0: Nice. So you, you are knee deep in B Corp. Like, you, you, I mean, a recidivist B Corp from way back in the day. So, yeah, I feel like um, any work that I'm doing is definitely standing on the shoulders of giants such as yourselves uh, that have been pushing this. And of course, when, when we first connected on LinkedIn, Um, which I can't remember probably was been like a couple of years ago now I don't know like pandemic years it's really hard to remember um but I was like, oh, Boise, Idaho, because yeah, I, in in my former life as a uh, dirty medical device representative, um, I was fortunate enough to take quite a few um, orthopedic and neurosurgeons to a really cool conference that was held in Boise, Idaho, um, and we get to go and ski Sun Valley. So I'm very, very jealous. I've, I've I've taken the skis away from the corner of my room, and I now have my bike because I'm trying to get out on the bike in this in the summer here in New Zealand. But yeah, no, very jealous. Um, so. 2011, I think Patagonia certified as B Corp in 2011. Um, B Corp number 299. Um, How did you, like B Corp, where where did it come on your radar? How did you suddenly discover this thing?
1: Oh, it was kind of, it was very serendipitous, uh, Tim. You know, uh, my my business uh, started in 1991 and we had a core value of being socially responsible. So uh, we always... uh, basically did that primarily by giving back to the community and uh it was always in, in in the heart of our business and uh one day i was in a teacher's conference for uh, my uh, fifth grader and his uh, teacher who I'd come to know said like Have you ever heard about b corps and i was like no and she goes you should be a b corp i've just been helping uh, b corps uh, uh down in uh, california and it'd be perfect for oliver russell so I shit you not, I hopped in my car, I drove back to my office from my son's uh, uh, student teacher conference and I hopped online and I started going through the certification that day because I was like, oh, this is me. This is what I've been uh, looking for. So that's really how it how it came in. I just jumped right into it.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I think that's the same for a lot of people. I, I was kind of the same, like I, I discovered it by Googling. I was was working for a company, looking looking for like a cultural HR tool that could help with some internal challenges, but also I was really interested in business. You know, environmental sustainability. Like I was kind of going down a bit of a rabbit hole, having had a bit of an early midlife crisis and recognizing that just chasing money as a business didn't seem to be giving us great outcomes for society and the planet. And yes, I, I like just Google literally as like HR fix for business, and somehow <laughs> B Corp turned up, and I went and met someone, and they were like, "This is what what someone Steve Arder from Eagle Protect, who yeah, in, uh, indoctrinated me." And and uh, you, have you met Steve over in the states? I, I know of him. You know of him? Yep. I, think, I think a lot of people yeah. know of Steve. <laughs> he's he's on his way back um yeah to new zealand shortly so be good to actually see him again have a beer but yeah he um he introduced me to the idea of b corp a similar thing i was like oh my word like this just makes complete sense um so yeah back in 2011 299 b corps uh in the us there can't have been many more than that globally in 2011 because b lab wasn't even a thing over here until 2014 i think steve might have certified as a b corp in 2012 um as B Corp number one in New Zealand but the global community must have been pretty small at that time
1: I think it was still very very small limited primarily to the US and maybe Canada at that point in time so it was just really under the radar you know it started what 2007 maybe the first class of B Corps came in 2008 or so yeah something like that yeah B Corps and then it stayed very very small and then sequentially over five years so if you think about it, we we certified at the end of five years and there have been 299 after yeah, yeah, five yeah. years. Yep. Yeah. And that now you look at it and you get uh you know that many over a course of several months as far as B Corps go. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah Well, and the UK has just hit a thousand. Um yeah. and I think that's really interesting. So you look at there's a study that I, I reference um when I'm kind of like you know pitching B Corp to potential people, um, 2018. Uh, There was a survey of 150 UK B Corps, which was the total community in 2018. They're now at a Um, 1,000. And I think it took from, yeah, about 06, 07 to get from 0 to 4,000 B Corps, and then a year to get from 4,000 to 5,000. And we've got to almost 6,000 in way under a year. So, wow.
1: Well, and that kind of growth in uh, the UK, it would show that they've been fairly efficient at moving people uh, through the certification process, yeah. unlike What's... other areas of the world. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah,
0: it's it's not much better in New Zealand. We've got people waiting at the minute, but don't let that stop you. There's lots of cool ways that we can help you manage That's that. Right. If, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so you you, you were um, running um, Oliver Russell like in a way that was aligned with B Corp and I think that's quite common, certainly almost all of the early adopters within B Corp. It was kind of like, we've we've already been doing this. This is just a way for us to prove that we were doing the good that we thought we were kind of doing. But where, where did where did that come from? Like were you brought up with, with a set of values or were you proved like have you have you always run business like a B Corp? Or, or did you like so for me, I had a big epiphany of like. I used to be thinking that business was just about making money and and that that was the environment, you know, working for large multinational medical device companies like make as much money. Were you always values driven or had did you have like a transition period of going from like, let's just make money to.
1: No transition period really, Tim, you know, I was, uh, it's in my DNA to help others. I I was born to serve and I had the, uh, the, Uh, good fortune of uh, working for a very large forest products company here in the U.S. that was exceptionally progressive, which is kind of unusual in the forest products industry, and they were a values-based business, so I got to see how that was uh, implemented at a large company, and I came away from it going like, okay, so when I start my company, i got to make certain that I inculcate a value system into it, and the first uh, aspect of it was to be socially responsible. And uh, I'll, I'll never forget, I would always lead new client conversations, you know, trying to prospect new business with talking about our values instead of our skill sets and what have you. And uh, one prospective uh, client came in, we did our song and dance. And then I, I later heard back from a member of the community who said, wow, they're pretty sharp folks, but I think they're a bunch of hippies. They're talking about the <laughs> values, of what they can do for the community and the <laughs> environment and what have you. And, uh, <laughs> so anyhow, uh, uh, my, my community is fairly conservative in many regards, so I can understand how to them it was like totally off the wall that there'd be a value-based business. That's been a, an awfully long time ago now. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, because I, I think there's gen- generally two two types of people who, who who have ended up doing this kind of business for good thing either from day one like you say whether it's just from you know your upbringing or the environment that you're in like this idea of just doing good and, and service has been a thing or um yeah there's people like me that obviously didn't have such a good upbringing <laughs> who were sent on this on this path maybe there's something oh, in the water yeah, maybe happening. yeah had that kind of epiphany moment and i think I think, yeah, the vast majority of B Corps perhaps to date have been companies that like well, we've always been doing this. This is this is a way for us to just connect to a community and movement that of like minded people. But I think we're we're now morphing into this, hey, look, we realize that maybe we haven't been behaving like a B Corp for most of our time, but now we realise okay. that we do need to. So yeah, it's interesting. And, and I guess it's um it's an open church. We're we're happy to have anyone who who wants to be better and
1: and work out how they oh, can do for more sure. good. Yeah, you know, I think the pandemic uh, occasioned that with a, a lot of people, everything from uh, workers reassessing where they were uh, working and how they were spending their time to customers thinking, okay, I'm going to vote with my dollars. I'm going to actually see if I can be part of a solution rather than a problem. And then working all the way up to investors and perhaps the greatest hammer of all, looking at a lot of the practices of B Corp as being those that not only minimize uh, uh risk but also create new opportunities
0: yeah 100 percent agree and that's like yeah when we're when we're talking to people about you know oh, should we do b corp is, is it right for us pretty much those are the the four groups of people we mentioned it's like you're you're either going to lose employees or not attract the next generation of employees your customers are increasingly going to be interested in how you're doing and what you're doing and you know we're even getting some companies now who are like the raw ingredient manufacturer selling to another company who make the thing who are distributing it into other countries and and the retailer is now saying hey the customer wants to know what's in your product all the way back to the you know the raw ingredient. so that that supply chain pressure is then coming and then investors um again talking this week with a couple of sort of startup um world people where they're sort of being asked by um private equity and VC funds, hey, we want you to report against our own framework. And I'm kind of like, maybe go and tell them about B Corp because that's possibly better than just the spreadsheet that they've made up where they've taken some <laughs> random questions from the internet about doing good. Um, but the intent is is definitely there. And I, th- I think COVID had a massive part to play on that. Um, like So in New Zealand, we had a, a pretty aggressive lockdown, national lockdown. It's pretty easy to lock, lock down an island in the middle of the Pacific. Um, and very early on, a lot of businesses were were trying to claim that they were essential. And if you were an essential business, you got to keep running. That's and it awesome. was, yeah, it was interesting. Some of the businesses who thought they were essential, turns out they weren't so essential. That's not so <laughs> essential. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, I think that's a really interesting metric. It's like, well, if your business is not essential to humanity, then what are you doing here? You know, it's like, exactly. if you're, what do what you, you know, if um, oh, you know, if, if you're, oh, what's the word? Oh, there's, a, there's a really bad expression, like you know, if, if you're taking up too much space, you know, then you know, sort of get off the island type thing. It's like, well, uh,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So no, I think it's definitely helping ignite this this interest um, in B corp uh, more generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So what what were the sort of so when you did that first B corp, where do you remember what your first score was back in
1: 2011? Oh, dude, here's here's the thing of it. Uh, we did not pass. <gasps> Whoa! And I, and I, <laughs> I know. I went into it thinking like, okay, awesome. We've been acting in great ways for a long time now. We'll go ahead and do the certification. And I can't remember. I think we ended up at 77 or 78 mm. points. and As you know, you, you need 80. Um, uh, and so I was chagrined about that. No, nobody likes to not pass a test, right? <laughs> Uh, But by the same token, I was very encouraged by it as well, because it's like, okay, so this isn't exactly a cup. It's not a gimme, and there's some real teeth to this. So we went back to the drawing board, made some changes to policies and procedures and some things that got us about, I think, two and a half points, and uh, three months later, went back to the drawing board. Back in the days when the uh, analysts and people working on the uh, assessment were available. <laughs> yeah, so they, they're sitting there
0: twiddling their thumbs, waiting for a company. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: the good so, old days. So we made, yeah. So we uh, made, made another run at it and, uh, and certified. Nice.
0: Yeah. It's been, it would have been a bit different back in the day. I, and I think, yeah, for my first certification in 2016, it was like you click submit and pretty much like two weeks later, yep, yeah, cool. Let's go through it, and then if you were, if you, were, I think I, I, think I was, oh, I can't remember. I think it was like eighty-two or eighty-four or something. Year one, it was like pretty quick turnaround process. Hey, yeah, can you just go and update this? Can you show me that? Like done. Yeah, it's. I mean,
1: I, I guess well, it, it, it. I was gonna say it, it shows the uh, uh, popularity. And the gaining traction of b-corp the b lab the organization that runs certification is having such a hard time keeping up with it so yeah ultimately it's a very very it's- good problem to have
0: i think it's the better of the two problems um yeah because uh, you know I, th- I think when covid first hit uh, i think they were quite nervous because typically you know when a pandemic economic turndown is on the horizon, the first thing that goes is memberships, certifications, any other extraneous things that we're paying for that we don't need. If you're the CFO potentially, shout yeah. out to all the CFOs listening in. Um, I think increasingly <laughs> they do get it though. But you know, it's pretty, it's like that's an easy thing to say, hey, we're just not paying that because we can't pay it. Um, yeah. and I think B Lab were quite shocked by the amount of interest that that came during the pandemic. I, mean, I think they had like 38% growth or something. Um, yeah. yeah it so giant. Yeah. So uh, I think the same you, um... thing happened
1: at 1% for the planet.
0: Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause how long have you been part of 1% for the planet?
1: Uh, you know, I first joined as an individual member. I think I yep. was like individual member number eight or nine. Wow. And then uh, a year or two later, I did it for Oliver Russell. And, you know, pandemic time, I'm going to guess it's been five, five years or so ago that we became a, a member of one uh, percent for the planet, joining that lofty and elevated group of B ones. Those who are both B Corp certified and belong to Nice 1%. a B
0: a B one. You're really appealing to the uh, the red the red personality CEO archetype here. I want to be a B one. Yeah. Why can I, I want, I want be to be an A one? Yeah, yeah. Why, why can <laughs> let's change this thing to A corp? I want to be an A corp, not a B corp. Yeah, with <laughs> your, your blood type, right? I'm the B one. <laughs> so for those not, not aware of it, 1% for the Planet is basically, um uh, how, how they describe themselves, an organization where you can commit to donating a percentage of, um, is it revenue or profit? Or can you choose? I can't remember.
1: No, well, it is a, a revenue. It's revenue. Uh, and yeah. it's a 1% of your yearly revenue. And it was founded by uh, Craig uh, Matthews, the Blue Ribbon uh, Sports in uh, the state of Montana, and Yvonne Chouinard of Patagonia. And they decided that, hey, you know, you can manipulate your expenses in your bottom line, but really your top line. You can't do anything. So yep. let's let's make this one rigorous and a true commitment that you'll give a yep. percent of your sales, not just your profits. Yep. Yeah, because, yeah, it is. it is. And, and you, so if you have a year where you don't make profits, you're still making your commitment. To yeah, yeah, exactly. The
0: yeah. Yeah. That's something that I'm looking at. So, yeah, I've just I've just done my third. Certification this year, so, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I guess being a small business, you know, it's and I think it's also, you know, one of the phrases, uh, maybe hearing in the UK would be like the builder's house on the street. You know, you're so busy fixing everyone else's houses and making sure everyone else's house is looking good that. (laughs) And I guess you, you might be the same with your own marketing, like you're great at helping other people do theirs, but sometimes it's like you got to eat your own dog food and actually just take a second and maybe we do need to do a rebrand or maybe we need to refine our strategy after. Yeah, so I've, I've yeah. definitely, um, yeah, having gone through the last one, that sort of design to give impact business model is very much... Um, in my mind, and I've been looking at 1% for the planet. There's also B1G1, um, who are a B Corp. Um,
1: I'm also a B1G1 oh, B1 member. Well, look at,
0: look I, at you, you're just crushing
1: B Corp. <laughs> I kind of uh, planted the seed with Paul and Masami of uh, B1G1 to actually become uh, uh, a B Corp. You. We did a rebranding for them a few years ago.
0: Oh, well, there you go, the circle's complete. Yeah, so because uh, Paul and Masami, <laughs> um, they come over to New Zealand quite often um Because yeah. Masami, I think she grew up here. Went to school here. Um,
1: she either did not there or in Australia.
0: I yeah, I remember which. They're, I know they've yeah. got a connection to New Zealand because they come over here semi regularly. So I need to, I need to get Paul actually or Masami on here um, as a guest. They're on my kind of list. So well, there you go. You've set the bar. I now because I was kind of like, <laughs> oh, do we do one percent or B one G one? I was like, mm, I don't know. dither 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 So okay, the the gauntlet has just been thrown there down to Timothy. <laughs> you need to do both, buddy. <laughs> come on dude all right right i'll have a look after this call you're making me feel bad now
1: (laughs) um it's all a process of improvement
0: yeah man Yeah. yeah so um yeah. So, so you, you, yeah, you kind of, you did the B Corp. You didn't meet quite meet the standard, which is like, I that's, that's cool. Um, but you, you, you managed to do that quickly. And then, so did you, were you using B Corp as a marketing tool as a, as a sort of a marketing company back in the day, or was it still so no. fringe that people were just kind of like, well, you're a bunch of hippies anyway, what is this B thing? I don't care. I just want some good marketing. Uh,
1: well, you know, it was fringe and I'd, uh, hesitate to say that it's gone mainstream today. I'd probably say you know ninety ninety plus percent of the people uh, we introduced to the idea of B Corps had no idea something like that even existed. Mm. So we have a long ways to go there. But when when we first did it, just because it's the type of company that I wanted to have, Tim, to, I wasn't yeah. looking at as like, hey, we're gonna juice sales with this or we're going to differentiate our brand because none of the other agencies have this or what have you. Now, is is that true in some regard? Yes. But really it was just that I wanted to uh, basically be at the vanguard of a movement that uh, added meaning to work above and beyond simply creating a profit.
0: Yeah. And I think that's Uh, true. Yeah. For most of the early adopters, it's like, you know, there's, there's, there's the four pressures that we talked about, but fundamentally it's, it's the right thing to do. And I think, Right. That that level of consciousness and awareness about well what is the right thing to do I think yeah that's just sort of steadily been increasing
1: over the years yeah and I, and I don't necessarily care about the motivations that you have to certify because what we need are you know business models that are going to uh, help the planet and help people and if you're doing it because you think it will primarily make you better at selling uh, your your products and wares awesome. It's quite simply because it's the way you want to treat the people that you work with. Fantastic. So I I don't necessarily question the motivation as long as you're uh, living up to it and supporting words with actions.
0: And yeah, I I tend to agree on that. Um, I kind of, I don't really care why or how you get to this point, but you're at this point. And if you're at this point, you're at some level willing and open to a conversation around, you know, and I just had a um, a cup of tea with a a mate of mine in a a coffee shop locally, and we're just talking about, you know, let's not forget that for some companies, stopping doing bad is actually quite a big effort and quite transformational. So that to even get to a point of, you know, sort of being almost like bad neutral, (laughs) um, it's like there's quite quite a lot of sunk costs, embedded ways of doing things that just to get to turn those super tankers around to then start about doing good, like if if they're even willing to 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 get to the point of not doing bad, like, well, we should embrace that. And yes, yeah, yeah, um...
1: absolutely. And if you if you think about affecting those small changes at scale, which our community is nowhere near, that's really what we need to do. Whether it's to take a company and have them score in the ninetieth percentile or have them. Uh, being a giant conglomerate that all of a sudden improves performance in regards to social environmental impact by three percent, it's it's huge.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the conversation. I've, I've mentioned it a couple of times on this podcast. Working for a company called Conscious Consumers, where we it was like a. Um, marketing insights platform so we we'd go to a big box retailer and say look we've got i think it was like twenty thousand people on our app and they they would log on to the app and say well i care about people being paid a living wage i care about animal cruelty free um foods um, I care about recycling, da, da 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 da. And so the company would sign up to be on the app. And every time someone bought something on their store or in their store, it was linked to their credit card and, and debit cards. So you would see how much money was being spent in your store by the people on our app. So you could get an indication of what your customers cared about. And then you could start thinking about, well, maybe actually we do need to do better on recycling because 50% plus of our customers care about recycling. We're, we're not really doing anything right. about it. And we used to have the conversation every time, like what if McDonald's rang us and said they wanted to be on the platform and half the company were like, nope, they just don't, they shouldn't even have a mandate to exist. The world would be better without McDonald's. But then the other half were, it's like, yeah, but if we can make McDonald's be two or 3% better in terms of how they treat their people or where they source their products from, isn't that a win? Um, Yeah, I guess it's, it's, it's a a tough conversation.
1: Yes, uh, uh, I think uh, there's a process for transformation It doesn't happen overnight. And obviously, with the uh, shape of uh, climate around uh, the world, we need to move faster than, than not. But I don't think we can afford to turn up our, our noses at uh, anyone trying to improve. And certainly, we can also bring pressure to bear on those companies that we think need to improve more and faster as well.
0: Totally. So yeah, it's the, the 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 new N word in the B Corp community, the Nespresso word. Um, yeah. You know that that really has it seemed to have like split, put a rift in the universe, um, and certainly in some online communities that I'm a part of, that you know, just for B Corps, there, there were some people who were kind of like, "Here's me ripping up my certificate. Like I'm out. If if Nespresso right. could be a B Corp, I don't understand what this framework's about." And I get that, and I and I get if you're a real maybe fundamentalist isn't the right word but if you're if you're if you've been deeply committed to systems change and transition and you've been a high scoring b corp you know since 2011 or, or whatever and suddenly it kind of almost feels like these big companies have maybe you know i wouldn't say bought their way in but you know they, they can make some some small changes to, to maybe meet the 80 yeah it just seems to have been a real rift in the community where some people are kind of like no they shouldn't even be They shouldn't even get to even think about being a B Corp, whereas others, and I think perhaps you and I are more aligned on this. And my take was, well, if Nespresso is now a B Corp, that means however many thousands of employees that they've got, they now know about B Corp. They can now hold the company to account. And equally, us as a community of B Corps can look at this company and go, really? Do you think that's really a B Corp way of doing things? Um, So, yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on or how, how you saw that in your local B communities.
1: Oh Boy, I participated in a uh, few Zoom calls with folks who were super pissed off about it, and I completely understand, and I think it, and you'll probably possibly talk about this a little bit later, the changing of the uh, B Corp standards that we're we're anticipating, Um, but I was like, okay, so we've got an assessment, and they scored above 80 on it, and guess what, that means they get to be a B Corp, so Rather than it being perhaps an espresso issue, it might be an issue with the actual certification itself, and that's something that not only B Lab but the entire community of certified Corps needs to weigh on and see what what type of standard do we need, especially if we want companies to their best for the world. So, uh, yeah, I I. I, I go back and, and forth on it i completely get the plastics issue I, complete, uh, I completely understand some of the issues that espresso has in the supply chain and it's like you know some of us would never even think of having issues in regards to that as smart small companies but mm. the goal is to actually get our planet to a place where we can be sustainable and, and live in far more harmonious ways which is super tough if you look at human nature just to begin with and I think we need to uh, uh, look at uh, not being so absolute, uh, absolute, but more incremental, perhaps.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I kind of agree. It was, um, it was really interesting um, when um, uh, Nespresso kind of announced certification. Like I say, it just felt like there was a real split immediately um there was also was it i think Brewdog, the uk b corp got slammed you know the ceo is a complete dick he's a misogynist he's an asshole it's like b corp assessment doesn't look at whether your ceo is a dick or not you know the b corp assessment is a measure of your operational goodness as an organization and in fact you know if you look at the the workers question there's only one real question on worker satisfaction um and you don't need to score 100 because it's not a measure of culture um and i think sometimes people people forget that Yes, B Corp is aimed at, you know, purpose-driven business. And, but, but it is, it is a, it's, it's more of a, the way I kind of see it is, it is the rational, logical assessment of what you do. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it cannot, and I don't think ever will be a tool that measures how you do it in terms of the spirit, the ethos. So it's kind of like the yin and yang. It's like, yeah, th- this is the, the, the physical, this is how we make our thing and how it gets shipped and, and what it looks like. But the purpose side of it is is a separate part of it, and, and and I don't think you will ever really come up with a logical, rational tool that can measure that culture, purpose, connection, spiritual, almost element of why we want to do good. And I think people sometimes forget that. Yeah, it's it's, it's a rational tool, almost like an ISO type tool of how how are we, how are we doing stuff, and it, it it doesn't take that into into account.
1: Um, we well, humans are yeah. messy, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm often amazed
0: how we are all still here. How like how did we actually manage to not screw this up so much already that we're even still here? Yeah. Um yeah. So I I reached out to um Stefan Vermulen, who is the New Zealand managing director, kind of like after the dust had settled, I, I sent him a note on LinkedIn. Like, I, I connected and I was like, like, are, are you okay? Like it's <laughs> you've taken quite a bit of back on this. Um but, you know, I actually met with him when he was down in, in Christchurch because um, I'd i be really keen just to meet and just say, hi, you know, you're, you're a fellow B Corp. Yeah, you're, you're in the community as far as I'm concerned. And um, but listening to some of the stuff that they are doing, it's like, actually, you, you're genuinely doing some good stuff. Um, and there's interesting arguments. You know, a lot of people kind of go, oh, they're little capsules that, you know, they're terrible. But being a Swiss based company, they've they've done the research that potentially proves that their capsule is less environmentally destructive than you know like a barista made coffee so when you look at there's a specific amount of water usage that goes through um it's a specific amount of coffee with zero waste and the capsule itself is actually recyclable whereas you know there are other coffee pouches that you could buy for a home you know uh, coffee system that comes in a silver metal package that currently actually isn't recyclable so i think this is the thing it's it's great it's nuanced it's tricky there is no 200 point b corp no one is perfect we're all just trying to muddle along and do the best that we can um <laughs> yeah. some some do it better than others but it's a tough one man it's a tough one but yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah that, so for those of you who don't know that there is um and and you currently have time to um um uh review and, and look at this new standards update so it's looking like in 2024 the b corp assessment is going to be um going through a big big change um but actually before we get to that i've just got we've got a chat question from andrew um, so andrew has put in the comment which is relevant to what we're just talking about he said b corp surely is about setting standards to strive towards across multiple parts of a business not just environmental it would be great if these questionable businesses were celebrated and highlighted for how they achieve their qualification yeah, I think that's kind of, I think we we probably agree with that. It's like let's focus on celebrate the good that they're doing, and and again, like having spoken to Stefan at um, uh, uh, Nespresso, you know there is a there's there is a lot of good that they are sharing across the entire coffee world in terms of you know supply chain improvement and and so on, and you know how how you know on that operational side, but again, it kind of gets thrown out. The baby gets thrown out with the bathwater on that one because they are just they shouldn't exist.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, one hundred percent. I guess I get the larger picture too. Is can can you be so bad in one area that it outweighs the good you do in others? Yes. <laughs>
0: And, and andrew said definitely don't judge the ceo he is the ceo of the company <laughs> <laughs> mate no I, I i i would disagree totally with that i think lead, you know culture leadership decision making it all sets with you andrew um oh, no, <laughs> okay. so for those of you tuning in who are like who's this guy andrew so um all the clients that we work with um this this uh, podcast gets live streamed into our uh community group of, of our clients that we're helping on their cop journey and andrew is one of our clients his, his business is actually really really cool i don't if andrew is still listening let me know if you want to have a shout out because what you do is actually super cool um and they where, are where's um, andrew from so well i'll I'm, I'm wait if he's still on if he, if he lets me say who he is because some people are like oh no don't tell everyone that we're doing I bcorp which is like oh come on people which we'll get to that in a minute but so new standards coming through in 2024 so yeah for those of you who are like bcorp curious the current um and as, as russell sort of mentioned with his own journey currently you need to meet this minimum requirements of 80 out of 200 points on this assessment um, which looks at your business across your governance your workers your community impact your environmental impact and your customer impact And what some people are sort of saying is, well, hang on a minute, how can Nespresso certify where potentially they haven't scored as well on their supply chain, perhaps? I can't remember their exact scoring, but let's say for the sake of the argument, this company is doing really, really um, nothing about its supply chain or it doesn't know about its supply chain, but it's kind of scored pretty well with how it treats its workers and it's doing some stuff okay on its environmental stuff. So, yeah, this this has been the criticism is like. Not gaming it, but it's kind of like you know you can get to eighty by not being perfect everywhere. And so, yeah, what they're looking at is creating an updated standards or or um, certification process where you have to meet minimum requirements across um, more areas. I think it's gonna be eight or ten sections rather than five sections, and you have to meet a minimum. So um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Russ? I know we've had a couple of we've actually spoken a couple of times this week, so we've had a bit of a chat around this, but
1: oh, you know ultimately, I think it's a good move. And I think it'll be a, a strength in the certification. One of the issues that arose out in Nespresso is the big uh, PR hit and the reputational hit to the B Corp uh, brand regardless of their goodness or lack thereof or what have you. There are so many negative associations with, with Nespresso globally that when all of a sudden people see it uh, certify as a, a B Corp, it garnishes uh, the certification in a way Whether that's warranted or not really doesn't matter. It's the court of public uh, opinion. So I I think, you know, pretty much if you're going to measure up to the B Corp certification, you should meet a minimum in all the areas and not do great in one and not the others. And it it might be tougher. It might be more aspirational in some regards, or it might uh, change some corporate behaviors in ways that aren't currently being done. So I think I'll, I'll have to see it uh yeah before i fully commit to it but by the same token i'd say that'd be pretty good
0: yeah i, I think i've kind of been talking about it um there's the podcast that's coming out for this one is with Kristen tucson who um we talked about she, she um, is a staff editor for fast company and she wrote an article about how you know this B Corp backlash you know which is kind of interesting like you know it's like the B Corp backlash but it's like you're not we're still at the point where not everyone knows about B Corp so we've got a backlash from like it's kind of like it's just kind of like it makes it almost makes it feel like the whole world is like going oh B Corp it's awful but it's like actually we're still as we were saying before we're like 0.01 or 2% of companies are currently a B Corp so not even 1% of limited companies globally have met the standard to get to be a B-corp. So it's still not like it's they're not like throwing them out like lollies like yeah like or like Oprah, you get a B Corp, you get a B Corp. <laughs> How cool would that be if Oprah did like yeah. you, you must know someone who knows Oprah. Um but yeah I, I kind of get it oh man well you must know someone it's you know you must know someone who knows someone who knows it was it you know six six degree in new zealand we call it the two degrees of separation because you work out that everyone knows everyone in new zealand but it was it the oh, yeah. kevin bacon six degrees of so yeah, that's right. power of linkedin someone can connect, someone connected with oprah you can have russ and i can be on the oprah show we'll talk about b corp It'll be great and then we'll go skiing um there you go. yeah so i think yeah i kind of i i hear you yeah um i i, I kind of feel like i need to see a bit more depth um Cause I do think like for some, for smaller businesses, I think it's going to be challenging um, because it's like, well, we're going to have to potentially put a lot of effort, you know, more effort. Whereas at the minute, if you're generally doing okay, you know, 80 is pretty reasonable. You, you can sneak in with an 80. i mean, I say sneak mm-hmm. in, but you know, the median score on first attempt is still 50 out of 200. So nice. even beginning to 80. And like I say, the vast majority of clients we're currently supporting are kind of like where you were when you started it's like we, we've been behaving like a b corp there's just a couple of things that we didn't know about and now we know about them we'll go and implement them and,
1: and which we're... is one of the values of the certification yep. the holistic framework it gives you the yep. way it opens your eyes to the type of company you can become if you really want to use your business to change
0: exactly that um yeah and we were just talking beforehand there was a really cool uh, there's an article i'll try and post it with the um it was from Pioneers Post, so an interview um, with Dan Asuski, who is the head of standards for B-Lab. And his article actually gave a really good summary as to why they're doing it. And I think, like I said, the proof's going to be in the pudding. It's the timing of, like I said, we're at 0.01 or 2% of companies are currently a B Corp. If we ratchet up the requirements now, are we going to lose people who kind of go, actually, this is now way too hard? um, Or is it actually meeting the market and aspirations for companies who recognize that, Okay, we want to be pushed. And we want to know what the gold standard looks like. And yes, we are willing to have the minimum requirements. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that as we said before, I think it's going to see most companies we work with, we say, look, get to 80, and then worry about being better. I think what this is going to do is have companies go, no, look, you need to be better. And then you become a B Corp. So I think you're potentially going to end up with the same kind of ultimate outcome, but maybe quicker, because people have to do you Know that improvement first rather than right, like you know, we'll, we'll kind of wait on that, we'll do it maybe next year.
1: Yeah, and I, I think we're still flying a little bit in the dark until we see the final products and the yeah. certification.
0: I agree, yeah. Um, Andrew has said yes, give him a shout out. So, Andrew Chambers, he is CEO of Tsunami Sports. Um, they are a super cool company, so they make um, uh, sporting wear, sporting apparel out of recycled plastic, which is super, super All cool. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, if um, hey, I mean, yeah, Andrew, TV company um uh, mainly based in hong kong um but andrew has just um he's over in he's like moved to new zealand um with his family they're just getting going um sort of here in new zealand so andrew we are looking for a sponsor for the podcast uh, just saying um you know you've had, you've had one free shout out I, i'm
1: um, looking for a new client too andrew
0: <laughs>
1: i can manage time zones
0: well there we go um we'll see what we can do um So, I mean, well, that's a, that's a a cool segue though. So obviously you, you, you know, are a branding marketing sort of strategy expert um, in, in this world. Like what what would be some tips? um, (laughs) Andrew's just put, this has backfired in the chat. (laughs) You've been been boxed into a corner. We'd like to welcome our new sponsor for the, uh, the Be Better podcast of uh, Tsunami Sport. There we go. It's official. (laughs) Oh Um. Yeah, so in terms of like branding, strategy, execution around utilization of B Corp, is that, is that something that you advise clients around? Is it something that you have pushed people to do? Or is it still kind of like you, you've got to pick your battles and if it works for you in your sector? Because I think there'd be lots of people on who will hear this who would be like, like, how, how do we leverage the B Corp? And I think it's, I think my personal take is if, if you don't leverage the journey and what you've done, I think you're missing a massive opportunity for that stakeholder engagement particularly with customers
1: yeah uh you, you totally are in the heart of the successful branding is differentiation and uh you know you're not going to be able to appeal to everyone nor do you want to you can have it. it's like a pheromone uh your brand should either uh, powerfully compel someone towards it or repel someone away from it and the uh, b corp certification is such a fantastic uh Uh, differentiator, it opens itself up to fact-based storytelling as well and completely uh, different uh, conversations with uh, whether you have a professional service firm that has clients or you're a CPG firm with uh, customers, it's uh, a great way to engage and demonstrate that you actually are a different company, especially with uh, younger generations that are kind of built for this, they have it in their DNA. So uh, I, I think it's one of those things that it's, uh, if you go too quiet on it, you, you miss the benefit of all the hard work you put into it. And it is self-serving, but it's all in the way that you actually tell that story and engage people. And, and, and ultimately a lot of it is comes down to having third-party verification that someone else is actually making a statement about your firm. It's nonprofits that you work with that are telling your story. It's members of the community. So it's really at the good part of uh, reputational management, which is ultimately mm. get other people to tell your story for you, and we'll, people will believe in. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's definitely there's a there's a cool phrase I've heard recently called green hushing. So we've kind of heard of green washing. Um, but green hushing and, and the phrase i used with a, i was talking to someone yesterday um about you know whether beekop was right for them and we were talking about this thing and it's like we almost need it's like the goldilocks you know talking too much crap about what you're doing not talking enough about what you're doing this middle ground of authentic disclosure of stories of good that you're doing but w- with that humility of look we're not perfect um but we've done some really cool stuff and like work i think it's yeah for me, I just think it's it's a, it's critical that you get that stakeholder engagement, particularly with your customers around, like, this is what we're doing. This is what we plan to do. Let us know, like, does that work for you? Is that a cool thing? Does that resonate? Like, what are the programs we should be looking at? You know, maybe, you know, um, or what, what are the impact improvement that we should be looking at that you care about?
1: Oh, for sure. And the, the story isn't necessarily about your brand. It's about B Corp and being able to educate and introduce people to that and then, your piece and part of uh, the story within that which is all all the actions you have to do in order to become certified so you can tell a a story about worker welfare you can talk about climate action your company's involved with you can talk about uh, uh, the nonprofits that you go volunteer for in the community so you're actually telling stories of others but it comes back to frame a very positive uh,
0: image on your firm. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, what what about um, people on the journey to certification? Do you see many clients in the, in the, in the, sorry, in the US? Um, or do you have any advice? Because that's what, one thing we get asked about. And again, I'm typically of the opinion, start telling the story, like tell people that you're on the journey. Tell people that you're committed to becoming a B Corp. Because if you're genuinely committed to being a B Corp, you're going to get there, whether it's this week or it's a year because you've got to make some changes. But I think in general, people keep it very, very quiet. And then at the last minute, it's like, ta-da,
1: we're a big op. (laughs) They do, and you know, that's a tough one for me, Tim, because it falls into two camps. You have folks that are actually entered in the uh, B Impact assessment, the BIA, and are actually working towards it. And you have others who have intentions to actually start working on the assessment. And in that former camp, I know people who've been talking about it for seven or eight years and have never quite gotten there. So for me, it would be like, you know, the certain the status of pending B Corp that some companies uh, can get. I'd say if you're actually genuinely committed and you're making progress on the assessment, we're talking about that and talk about your journey because I think people will genuinely be interested in it. But if you're always talking about like, yeah, we'd love to become a B Corp, but 2022 bleeds into 2026, and you're still just kind of doing it, then <laughs> that one doesn't cut it.
0: Yeah, no, I I agree, and I, yeah, 100 percent. like if you're committed, if you if you're in the assessment, you're you're like you're ready to click submit, start telling the story, like you say, because because I, I think what we tend to find is, um, and I'll give a shout out to Janora who we helped. Um, but it was late last year, I think. Or we, Yeah, I think it was last year we worked with them and they certified this year. Um, I think for a lot of companies, they, they're they almost like the fish in water. They don't recognize the good, like some of the good that Genora were doing. I was like, oh my God, like, this, is, this is so cool. And they're like, yeah, but that's just how we've always done it. And I'm like, yeah, but not everyone else does this. And and having this external person come in and looking, you know, I guess I see quite a few companies going through B Corp. I, I'm like, you really do need to start telling people about that. And I think there's massive missed opportunities. If you're, if you're committed, you know you're going to click submit, and it's just going to be a case of what number we get, you know, once we're certified. Yeah, I think right. tell the story and and talk about what the, the trials, the tribulations, you know.
1: Uh, you know, I think there's a really practical reason to approach it in that way as well, Tim. You know, uh, if somebody's looking at say, buying a product, let's say it's a food product, they look at the ingredients that are in it, right? You know, everybody looking at the ingredients. Well, increasingly, then that next step is like, okay, so who made this product, and what are the ingredients of the company, right? Because they can pick another like product if they want to, for sure. And it's a question like, oh, okay, not only is the product good for me to put inside me, to put on me, or what have you, but the company making it is also good for me as well.
0: Yeah, hundred percent, and we we are seeing that. And if you, I think I've got some stats. I'll try and put a link to it somewhere um, in the show notes. Um, if you look more at the, stats, what stats. stats? Stats, stats, stats. I'm so not a stats person. And
1: color um, her commentary here. <laughs> um,
0: the if you look at the, the vast majority of B Corps by sort of number are um, consumer goods, um, health and beauty, um, food and beverage. It's, it's that sector is by far and away, um, like the largest sector by number of B Corps. And this is exactly what we're saying to people. If, if you're in the health and beauty, consumer goods, food and beverage sector, I'd say within the next six to 12 months, if you're not on the journey to B Corp, you're looking at a tough time. Um, like I said, there's a thousand UK B Corps and the, so many of them are in that food and beverage, health and beauty sector. Where So in the UK, there's a supermarket called Waitrose which is like a bit of a top end kind of almost like a bit of a whole foodsy ish type thing um mm-hmm. and during b corp month um march uh this year they had in-store b corp promotion so it's like here's an, here's oh, the nice. front here's the end of aisle these companies are b corps this is what b corp is about it was you know in conjunction with b lab um and there was another company wh smith who are kind of like a, a corner store sort of news agent um type store sell magazines and you know small um, snack type stuff they had a similar in-store kind of thing so yeah this is what we're saying particularly for like kiwi businesses who rely a lot on export markets it's like this this thing is coming you know if you want to be competitive in the us or the uk like you say it's going to be we take it for granted that your that your ingredients are good now we take it for granted that you're not selling me toxic crap in a plastic container but i want to know a bit more and like i said. you know, we're we're now getting raw ingredient manufacturers having that pressure put on them from retailers overseas, who who are now wanting to trace back all the way back to the raw ingredient. So, oh, you bet. yeah, which um leads nicely into your latest B Corp. You you <laughs> are so greedy with all these B Corps that you've uh, you know you're a part of. So unit of impact, um, talk to us. About, and, and I think there's probably two parts to this. So I'm pretty sure the US is the only Um, jurisdiction that has the benefit corporation versus a certified b corp Um, i might be wrong on that
1: uh actually yes you are wrong and i'm just so (sighs) happy to be able to correct you on that excellent let's go for it uh you know it started in the uh u.s and it's a uh, a a legal structure that basically holds you to a promise and to account for creating a benefit for the uh, public Uh, But by the same token, it also gives you the legal latitude to actually uh, create bottom line outcomes in addition to having a focus on the financial uh, bottom line so you don't have to be concerned about a shareholder uh, lawsuit. What it also does is it requires you as a public benefit corporation to publish an annual report each year that details exactly how you, you lived up to your promise of a legal structure. Um, It's uh, in, I believe, 40 states, Uh, the Canadian province of British Columbia has adopted a similar legislation, and then I believe there's maybe 11 other countries around the world who have very uh, similar uh, legislation as well, so it's uh, starting to spread, and Unit of uh, Impact is actually a public benefit corporation in the state of Maryland. It's not quite yet a certified B corporation. Uh, we haven't gotten gotten there yet. We're like a yep. startup You're
0: already young. Uh, we'll let you off <laughs> Yeah, We're
1: we're young, but we were we were founded by uh, three uh, uh, B corps. So three B B corps each own thirty three percent of the uh, company. So it's there on those lines.
0: Nice. So, yeah, so because in in this part of the world uh, and and the UK, so the UK, Australia, New Zealand, um, and I guess a lot of the other countries, um, there's always been this tension that, you know, as a for-profit company, limited company, you were still, um, I guess, going to be ultimately potentially controlled by shareholders um, around ultimate decision making. So, yes, you could be a, a certified B Corporation in that you've gone through this independent certification but when it came to that governance level of how do we actually make decisions and true stakeholder cap- capitalism, there was always this missing piece. So in in, in our jurisdiction, um, so Australia, New Zealand, like I say, the UK, a lot of the other countries that we might be helping people with um, in that regard. There's this new legal requirement that you need to update your constitution or highest level of corporate governing document to include a stakeholder and purpose clause. So they did mm-hmm. look at trying to have that um, sort of public benefit corporation Legal entity be established over here, but they kind of I think uh, with all the you know sort of research and uh, I guess lobbying for one of a better word you know talking to government, talking to lawyers, trying to work out like how could we create this this legal um, you know uh, I guess framework or this new type of company. They I think they just came to the conclusion that actually that the, the short circuit, the quick way to do this is make it a requirement for B Corp certification that you need to put this in your constitution, which basically. Right. Yeah, so it's going to be, I mean, any thoughts on whether, is that, because I know in some jurisdictions in the US, you can, you don't have to be a public benefit corporation, but you can update your, is, is it your articles of incorporation?
1: I think, uh, yes, and you're actually uh, are required to do that. And I right. think now uh, in the certification, if you are domiciled or Uh, Headquartered in a state that has benefit corporation legislation, you're required to to do that switch over to yes, right.
0: And is that is that an easy process
1: or um? It's a very easy process. Nice. Uh, You just go to the secretary of state, which is the governing body uh, in 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 your state. Uh, There are just some simple uh, forms to uh, fill out, and uh, away you go. Oftentimes, with a startup that wants to get into the business of social and environmental impact. I'll do the become a B Corp what have you and go like, well, let's make certain you're going to be successful in business first because it takes resources to become that. Yep. A good first step would be to become a public benefit corporation because you're going to learn a lot. There are requirements of you in some ways. The uh, process is less onerous and you can then start building towards becoming certified as a B Corp.
0: Nice nice great summary so yes yeah, so back to unit of impact um it's a, it's a pretty cool tool um and it was partly born out of the recognition that you do have these public benefit corporations that they need to report um but also the fact that b corps need to keep tracking how they're doing and also impact reporting so yeah give us the give us the elevator pitch on unit of yeah. impact
1: yeah uh, well the, the uh... I started working with uh, uh, Paulina Finchewski at pig And it was during the pandemic, this is really a pandemic baby when it comes down to it. And we started doing some research on ideas around like, uh, what could B Corps or Benefit Corps use? We uh, came back with some results that were pretty encouraging. And as, as small businesses, we discovered, hey, there's a gap in the marketplace for this. There are businesses that are required to file, uh, annual benefit reports doesn't appear there are any tools out there to really help them uh, do this. And a certified B Corp, we understand the the, the challenges of uh, not only uh, uh, collecting your data but actually measuring it every three years. So we thought, wow, what if we could put together a platform that would make it easy and do it specifically for small businesses because it seems like in the uh, CRL, CSR and ESG realms. There's a lot of big uh, enterprise sort of offerings there, but we know small business best. And we thought, what if we could do something there that would help small uh, businesses. And if you think about B Corps, I think it's something like 70 to 80% of them are, are small businesses. So it was really born of a desire to go like, hey, you know, we could use this ourselves. I wonder if others could um initial research uh, substantiated that and so we thought okay let's build it and two and a half late, years later uh as working out of the side gig we finally launched it uh, last month
0: nice yeah it's um yeah I, I mean i agree the the i think yeah for the public benefit corporations they, like yes like obviously they need this way of pulling this study together but and again you're, you're so you're correct the vast majority of b corps are small to medium businesses who don't have necessarily a csr officer it's potentially the owner operator or it's you know and again we're what we're seeing increasingly is someone is in charge of operations and impact or marketing and b corp or you know so, so someone is taking responsibility we, we would call them the king or queen b you know they're suddenly taking responsibility for for what they're doing and uh, yeah one of the first questions we get from clients as they've Got pretty you know far down the path, like almost at the certification or clicking submit. Is how, how do we keep on top of this stuff?
1: And it's like it's
0: a great question. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. typically, it's and been down to the individual ever, company.
1: Yeah, and anyone who's ever uh, been through it realizes uh, like the initial rush and elation of certifying, and then all of a sudden, three months go by, and another three months, yep. and uh, jack over in HR kind of keeping track of this and Suzy might be doing this uh, over in the community aspect and uh, holy smokes you have to knit together disparate spreadsheets and or somebody hasn't been on top of it because they're doing their regular job so we thought if we could create a a database and a dashboard that would make it easier for uh, whether you're a solopreneur or a a team within a, a socially responsible business to actually aggregate centralize this data and stay on top of it and then at the end of it be able to turn that into a marketing tool with an impact report yeah
0: which is yes yeah, when those i quite often say you know where's the, the we, we, there used to be that joke where's the best place to hide a dead body page two of google but i think the other good place <laughs> to hide a dead body is it an impact report because you see like these <laughs> thousand page brochures that people print off and you go even the person who wrote that hasn't read it like, there's no way, you know what I mean? There's like these reams and reams and reams.
1: Um, oh, exactly. And, you know, sorry. that's the thing, Paulina, uh, Elise and I are all marketing pros. So we brought that aspect to it yeah. as well, which is like, okay, how can we create something that's uh, sharp, professional and uh, communicates the fundamentals and holds a viewer's attention uh, and, and doesn't lose them in the uh, weeds?
0: And, yeah, which is easily done. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, that's super cool
0: yeah so um yeah like i say, we'll, we'll put some links around that and uh put some hopefully... links
1: around it and for for uh listeners of your podcast here i've got a, a discount code Wait. early bird early bird 2022 on uh,
0: early e- bird 2022. 2022 well there
1: Before we go the first of the year yeah look at that
0: so we've got discount codes for um, unit of impact andrew's going to be sponsoring our podcast from next week no doubt <laughs> hopefully we'll all get some t-shirts or something or some, some workout gear yeah, limited, yeah. Time limited excellent nice and so you, what what do you see then as the i guess like yeah you, know, you, you you've been around this movement for quite a while um wh- what do you think of the future um are you, are you hopeful um yeah like obviously there's changes coming it's messy it's nuanced but yeah what do you, what do you reckon what's what is the next what, what do you say so 2011 so man that's like almost like what's that 11 years you've been part of the B Corp movement what, what do you what do you think it looks like in 11 years time
1: well you know i'm not certain about the bcorp movement when it comes down to it but the movement for business to actually demonstrate and invest in all the things that B Corp stands for i feel very very positive uh as far as uh, that goes and I, I i think really it's the younger generations that are starting to drive things, they've got the talent and the treasure to to make it happen and they don't put up with corporate BS. So I think really it's gonna be a a bottom-up sort of uh, driven exercise that's going to make uh, companies, whether they want to or not, respond to the marketplace and start uh, giving back and creating real, uh, value as far as natural uh, capital goes instead of just simply extracting it
0: yep totally and i think we're also um talking to so we've got katmandu based here in christchurch who are one of the biggest b corps in this region They're they're kind of like a mini patagonia you know they sell outdoor mm-hmm. apparel. I, I
1: know them yes. you know you
0: know them and um they um it was i think it was may last year they, they got a 100 million australian dollar loan from one of the big banks over here and part of the, it was kind of like an esg backed um loan and part of the um conditions around that loan was they had to maintain and increase their b corp score as well as some other um conditions but oh, what wow. was interesting talking to the the team that created that that loan vehicle within the bank you know they they were just saying on the investment side and I think this is going to be happening also with that because you, you mentioned like bottom up, a lot of the people who now own the money in terms of like big family funds and what have you, it's the new guard. It's now that they're like in their late 30s, early 40s. Um, it's not the, you know, 78 year old mum and dad who've been running the the money. Um, and a lot of the private equity funds, a lot, a lot of the, the the money world is now kind of it's this it's this thirty to forty year old generation that are getting it, and they are also now coming in as the next CEOs. Potentially, who knows? We might even get a prime minister or a president. I think. Well, the UK's got a prime minister who's under seventy. New Zealand's doing all right. Who knows? America, like you know, we, we're getting this younger generation of leadership coming through. Yeah. Who for them this is like I say, it's the fish in water. It's like, well, of course we need to think about the planet and people, but like that's taken as a given. Whereas. I guess yeah, that that older generation who are like, uh, you know, no, it's, just, it's about money. The
1: generation.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I'm hopeful. Um, uh, the other expression I sort of talk about from my medical device days, the guy who invented the hip, the modern hip replacement was called Sir John Charnley, and he always talked about how um, the the hip replacement is a race between the the implant failing and the patient dying, basically. And at the minute, you know, the implant is 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 wasn't lasting as long as the patient. And I kind of feel like business for good is the same. It's like we've got a narrowing window when we actually just need to get shit done. Um, yeah. It's a race between getting shit done and me making an extra dollar on my share price next week.
1: It, it, exactly. And it, it does. Uh, we, we have to adjust our expectations for what percentage of profit we might have. I know what i hear oftentimes from folks who are keenly involved in trying to get impact investment capital is that there's a lot of that money there but they still expect to get exactly the same sort the of same returns on return. a fast fast yeah. timeline that they did otherwise yep. and it just doesn't work that way and it shouldn't yep
0: yep well there we go well we're at the hour mark any final yeah thoughts um any, any, yeah, any final words of advice on people who are like B Corp curious or who are on the journey?
1: Oh, geez. If you're B Corp uh, curious or on the journey, uh, talk to Tim. My, my door is always open as well, as far as, uh, zoom calls or what have, have you and, uh, uh, reach out there and, and talk to people so that you can gain a better, uh, understanding of a lot of entails and then you know, hop on board and, uh, uh one of these days, if you're you're here on the stage, me and we'll meet in Boise and I'll I'll bend an elbow with you over a beer. How's that? Mate, I I'm
0: definitely gonna hold you up to that one. Yeah. I think it um I, I quite often like using the Warren Miller quote, you know, around B Corp. If you don't do it this year, you'll be one year older when you do. So um, yeah. you know, maybe <laughs> maybe we should apply that to us drinking a beer in Sun Valley doing some really nice ski runs next season. Um yeah because there's, there's quite a few ski companies doing b Corps, so maybe we should just go and we'll just we, we, we'll we'll do a sit-in protest at sun valley until they become a b corp and uh...
1: yeah, finally <laughs> t- taken to the slopes so we can you know i've never been much of a, a golf guy and or done any golf meetings but i have really uh, uh on a few occasions with clients so more it's... of that please
0: we definitely well let's try and make something happen awesome well um yeah, Russ, thank you so much. It's been—I've re- been wanting to get you on on my podcast for quite a while, and so I'm really glad we finally got to have a chat with you. So many cool little nuggets, I think, here for people to to um, to listen to and reflect on. So yeah, thank you so much. Go um, hopefully and enjoy some skiing in the near future. Um, yeah, and hopefully I'll get to do that with you with you soon. So yeah, cheers, mate. Okay. thank you so much. Hey, it's Tim here, that B Corp bloke from Grow Good. If you want more content on purpose B Corp how to do more good in the world as an individual or a business, then you know the drill. Hit the like and subscribe. Check out some of our other videos. They're probably
1: floating around here somewhere. You know how it works. Thank you so much. See you next time.